after dropping its seventh game in a row last week at East Carolina, BYU returns home, ready to move on, and ready for the task at hand. Everybody's pretty frustrated that we haven't played our best football yet, but at the same time, we got to focus on San Jose State this week, and so we're thinking about getting better, play our best football. Today, the Spartans of San Jose State are in Provo, and even with bowl chances slim, the Cougars still feel they have plenty to play for. We're very blessed to be able to play football, and we've got five guaranteed opportunities to play for our seniors and to give them the best we can for the rest of the season. At the end of the day, we get to play the game we love. Regardless of what has happened so far this season, Coach Sataki and his players aren't going down without a fight. I'm not one to ever quit or give in, and neither is this team. So if we're going to go down, I'm going to be swinging, and that's, that's our mindset right now going into this week. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus San Jose State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans, and welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley filling in this week for Jason Shepard. For the first time since 1968, the BYU Cougars have suffered seven straight losses, a note that many Cougar coaches, players, and fans wish was not so. Hope to seeing that streak end today may be enhanced by this week's opponent, the San Jose State Spartans, who also enter today's game, like the Cougars, 1-7, having lost six in a row and not having a victory against an FBS opponent. The Spartans' lone victory of the season came versus Cal Poly on September 2nd. The Cougars' last victory was against Portland State 63 days ago, but hopefully that number does not reach 64. Joining me now on the Cougar Countdown Show, a man who has seen both of those seven-game losing streaks up close and personal, former BYU QB and radio analyst for the Cougars, Mark Lyons. Mark, sorry I had to bring you in that way, but uh, it sets the tone for the show. I'm the common denominator. Yeah, that's got to be the problem. Oh, you got nothing to do with that. Okay. (laughs) But boy, oh boy, I tell you, uh, when you talk about uh, having an opportunity to turn things around, today has got to be the day. This is a glorious day here in Provo, and uh, you've got an opponent coming in that's uh, in the same kind of situation that you are. And uh, it's got to be a day that you got to be pumped up. I really enjoyed uh, some of the comments in the lead-in. Uh, blessed to play football. Man, isn't that the truth? If those guys have that attitude and play the game we love. Uh, people talk about how there's nothing to play for. And uh, I, I believe that there are things to play for. You get to play the game you love. And uh, each week you get a different opponent, and you want to be able to put together the strategy, your talent, and your skill and be able to come out of there on top. They're competitors. And so uh, I, I think this is a, the day to have it happen. Well, you, you mentioned that, Mark. Uh, the, the attitude's been good around this program. I had a chance to sit down with Kalani Sataki, Tanner Mangum, and a couple other players this week as we're getting ready for the game th- this weekend. And the attitude was pretty positive. And it's odd to think that the, the attitude inside the locker room might be greater than the attitude outside the locker room. You've been in that situation. You've been in a locker room where it struggled like that. How hard is it to have that positive attitude? And second question to that is, how important is it to have a positive attitude around a, a team oh, that struggles? It's, abs- it's absolutely necessary. The positive, uh, negative attitude, and when you get those negative vibes from people, they, they've done some studies on this, and I, I've talked about it before, but uh, 
the negative pass it, it passes to people and you start to think you can't you can't you can't and if you have the positive attitude even if it's not the players that are playing even it's the crowd the sideline if it's the coaches if you all have this positive attitude it comes across in your body language in your uh, communication and uh, everything becomes uh, easier to do it just becomes a success pattern rather than a failure pattern and uh, right now teams you know they think oh man when's it going to happen when's the roof going to fall in that's kind of their attitude when you when that's the trouble with losing seven in a row you start to wonder how do you win you've forgotten how but uh, i i think that when we were playing uh, i asked uh, the seven uh, teammates were up here we had a little reunion with at the wisconsin game and i asked each one of them did you ever think we were going to lose in that next game and every single one of them including myself said Man, we were going to win. Every week we went out on game day with the attitude, we're going to win this game. And it was a letdown because you anticipated winning. But uh, on the other hand, you had another opportunity to get ready for the next week. Well, you mentioned that you go into the game with the attitude you're going to win, but with that, you mentioned you get used to losing as well. Yeah, I know. And we've seen that with this BYU team where they've come out in a couple of games and had a little bit of a fast start or some success early, but as soon as things turn just a little bit, it's almost as if, oh, no, here we go again. Yeah, it's that collapse. And so uh, I know, uh, you know, it's interesting that the second game of the year, the Utah game, was probably the most competitive that BYU has been. They really had an opportunity opportunity uh, you take away two plays and improve two plays and it always comes down in those competitive games like three or four plays but they were there with a chance to beat utah in the second game and uh, then after that they've had some good starts but the, and they've had good drives in uh, multiple games but they stop at that 30 or 40 yards they just can't finish drives to get scores last week it was a killer again when they were stopped twice inside the five yard line and didn't get touchdowns out of those drives Uh, those kind of situations if you are um, pumped up you're jacked up at where you're what you're doing and how you're doing it every guy on that team has to be committed to being able to get that touchdown Kalani started this frame of, of mentality last week in the post game with you and Greg Rebell as he sat and, sat and talked to you guys. He talked about how this team is going to be aggressive, that he wants this team to be aggressive. We heard the comment coming in, if we're going down, we're going down swinging. Uh, throughout the week at his press conferences and media availabilities, his coaches show, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. It's the word of the week. is almost as if it was Sesame Street this week. The word of the week is aggressive. <laughs> so, Mark, what does an aggressive BYU team look like today? Well, that's a good question uh, to consider. Well, first of all, first half last week, uh, and uh, we can even go back to Mississippi State. Uh, There was a third and nine, third and seven, and third and six in that game, and they ran the fullback. And that that was almost uh, saying we're going to run the football and punt it, and then hopefully our defense is going to stop them. I just felt as though that's playing to not lose. And then when you play to not lose, you're going to have a hard time winning. Last week, it was similar that in that first half, it was run, run, run. Now, and I don't question the game plan because people have been very successful running the football against ECU. But BYU hadn't had that success early. And uh, into that second quarter, I think you got to say, 
it's time for us to go to a different approach to score some points. And so that, again, if we're going to see an aggressive team, they're going to throw on first down and not just the hitch and the screen. They're going to throw the ball downfield. Uh, they're going to throw the hitch and screen maybe on third and short. Uh, I think that they're going to uh, run the football, uh, you know, with uh, maybe that fly sweep instead of just that power run that they run in the middle of the field, even though that is their strength. And now with K.J. probably being the starter today, uh, they might want to do a little more of uh, changing it up. But, but since teams have been running... 55 times a game against San Jose and been very successful in doing so, uh, that might be the game plan again to start this this football game, but they're going to anticipate picking up 5, 6, and 7 instead of 1, 2, and 3. So an aggressive BYU team still may be a running team, but on third still and long, you want to see a little bit different mixes in there. Yeah, the different types of runs, I think, is what we're going to see, and I also think they are going to throw the football in first down, and it should come out of play action. That's the thing that, uh, like I've said for quite a few weeks now, the bootleg pass, I felt, was their best pass to throw. And they just haven't run that since Utah State. Now they kind of got away with that after Tanner injured his leg and, uh, or yeah, his, right, his right. ankle, and, and Bo Couldn't went down with his well. injury. And it's yeah, since right. then, the bootlegs kind of disappeared. Right. Coming up next, we'll talk to the man who calls the action for San Jose State on the radio, Justin Allegri. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. We're also joined by Justin Allegri, who calls the action on the Spartans radio. Justin, how are you today? Doing very well. Happy to be back on with you guys. Well, happy to have you. We're excited to have a game day back in Provo where some unusually mild and nice fall weather for you. Yeah, we brought the uh, we brought the temperatures up for you, didn't we, out here? It's beautiful. This vista, I hadn't been to this stadium just uh, yet, but this vista is gorgeous with the fall colors. It's really a pristine uh, venue for college football. A few better, that's for sure. Justin, when you look at these two games, two or two teams struggling coming into this game, both one and seven on the season. We, Mark and I talked about the mentality surrounding the Cougars in the first segment of the Cougar Countdown show. What is the mentality surrounding the Spartans right now? I mean, I think it's a little different uh, with San Jose State uh, with a new head coach and a new whole staff and new athletic director, new president at San Jose State. So it's kind of this rebuilding era for the Spartans. And, and really, we haven't seen much success over the last five years. So uh, this is a, a program that they're trying to turn around, and they understand that they may have to go to the rock bottom to get that turned around. And Coach Brennan, I think, uh, is, is doing the right things to move this program forward. We haven't seen it in the win totals just yet. Uh, but you can tell that he's building the foundation of, of trying to get the program program right and, and and have the players understand what it takes to win and, and turn the program around so you know it's different spots for these two programs at this point in time uh, but for san jose state it, it's a it's a growing year not only for the players but for the coaching staff as well i tell you what i'm excited to see these two teams today now they're both one and seven and i'm feeling like it's seven and one right. they're both seven and one we've got two <laughs> evenly matched teams today and we're going to see some bad football but also, we're going to see somebody come out of here a winner thinking, uh, okay, we've got it turned 
uh, I can't wait for next week. And so uh, I think it's pretty important. To, now, talk to me a little bit about the offense since there have been three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks four. that have been playing all season long. Yeah, well, it's funny. I was doing my preparation, too, and I'm looking at this game going, I'm really excited for this game. The matchup's great. Yeah. you know. And then I realize, oh, they're both one and seven. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, and I think it has a lot to do with the offense, like you mentioned. And for San Jose State, at the beginning of the year, they didn't really know who was going to be their starting quarterback. They, they had an idea. Uh, Montel Aaron, who's this dual threat type of guy, big arm, young player. And then Josh Love, who had a little bit of experience last year behind Kenny Potter. Um, but they didn't really know who it was going to be. So in, in fall camp, they, they uh, weeded out the process and, and came down to both Montel and Josh. And they gave them the first couple of games to, to really win over the role. And it came out that Montel won the job. And well, well, the Spartans went to the University of Utah. And he tried to run out to the left side and got hit pretty hard and, and injured his knee. And so he was out. And Josh Love comes back in and, and didn't really have much success moving the football for San Jose State. Didn't take care of the football for the Spartans. Uh, but then last week or two weeks ago when the Spartans played their last game on the at Hawaii, Montel comes back, 504 yards of total offense, yeah. best total of the year for San Jose State. So I do think that he is the player that the Spartans want at the quarterback position. He, he does so many different things for the Spartans and really uh, can move the ball much better on offense, but just haven't been able to see him much on, on the field of play. Uh, I do think he, he opens up the playbook, though, for the Spartans offensively. Well, you talk about this team, the Spartan team building, starting at rock bottom and building up. Where have you seen improvements on this team as the seasons combined? I've seen a lot of improvement on defense, believe it or not. And when, when you look at this defensive unit, uh, when, when the offense wants to run really fast but isn't scoring, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And the Spartans have faced the most snaps of any team in college football this year defensively. 660, that's a lot. How about that? How about that? Yeah, and you look at the numbers and you kind of say, wow, it, it's not a very good defense. Uh, but you have to also consider that this is a Spartans team that over the last four years have in every season switched from the 3-4 back to the 4-3, back to the 3-4 and on and on and on. And so finally, Derek Odom comes in, uh, hasn't been a coordinator in his coaching career, but has really kind of instilled this, this mentality of defense for San Jose State. Now there have been injuries, but there's been a lot of good things from this defensive unit that uh, the strength last year was, was the secondary, and I wouldn't call that the strength this year for the Spartans. And I do see improvements from them, even though it may not show up in the stats. I've been impressed uh, at the kicking game. Holy cow. Yeah. The... Bryce Crawford uh, can kick it. You know, now he's, uh, what, six for eight? Is that right? And, uh, and uh, or is it, I think it's even more than that, but four over 50 yards. Four over That's 50 the yards. Thing. He's got four field goals over 50 yards this year. And uh, that's got to be a big plus. Well, he was the first Spartan to ever have three over 50 yards in his career in a single season in, in Spartan history. So to have four is beyond. And he's such an asset to have. And I think at the beginning of the year, the Spartans weren't necessarily comfortable putting him out there in those long kicking situations. So that's why you see some of the red zone numbers low for San Jose State because they tried to go for it. They tried to be aggressive with the offense. And now that they found out that, that Bryce can, can really be an asset from beyond 40 yards, they use him as much as they, they can, and he, he has been great for the Spartans. 10 of 12 is actually what his numbers yeah. are, yeah. We mentioned the 660 snaps for the Spartan defense. A guy who's kind of capitalized on those snaps and seems to be everywhere on the field is linebacker Frank Ginda. Tell us a little bit about this guy. 
Well, you know, he is just a workhorse, and he, he's a guy that has a nose for the football. He, he's just on, in on every play. Last year had 99 tackles for San Jose State, and I think he played 10 games total. So he missed a couple games, uh, but he is just a, a high-motor type of guy. He really, really knows where he's supposed to be as assignments. And I think when, when I talk about moving from the 4-3 to the 3-4, this is somebody that's benefited from it. We keep saying, when, when is he going to wear down with, with the amount of tackles, the amount of time he's been on the field, but he just hasn't talked to him over the course of the bye week and, and I said, hey, is this a week that you you like to have to just kind of rest up? And he goes, no, I want to be back on the field. I'm ready to go. Uh, so he, he's just a, a great mind, a great football mind on the field, a leader of the defense, and he is a lot of fun to watch. If you don't know who made the tackle for San Jose State, just call number five, and you're safe. Uh, you're safe bet. He's only got 115 on the season. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, uh, turnovers have been troubles uh, for both squads, so. Uh... Uh, can San Jose play uh, error-free? Well, and that, that's the big question, I think, in this game. It's kind of cliche to talk about yeah, turnovers. No, you need, to be, you need yeah. to be clean on turnovers. But this game, especially when you have two teams that turn the ball over so much, the Spartans last in college football and the turnover margin, it, that, that, that translates to the opposing team has two more possessions is what it really boils down to. And I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think it's 103 points off the turnover that the Spartans oh, have wow. given up this yeah. year. And, and the Spartans have only scored, I think, 115, yeah. uh, some, somewhere around there. So uh, it, it, that just has to improve. You, you can't not sustain those type of numbers yeah, and, sides, yeah. and it has been it has been better with Montel out there I think the interception ratio is much higher with Josh Love and Montel a little bit safer with the football uh, he will make some some errant throws occasionally and some dangerous passes but takes better care of the football and I think earlier on in the season we were seeing more fumbles as well but the one thing that the Spartans focused on believe it or not to usually usually take this in fall camp and focus on it but was ball security during the bye week and they, they went back to the fundamentals and said hey if we keep turning over as much as we we are we're not going to win a game we, we have to improve on that number um, and give ourselves a chance and give our defense a chance to to sit a, a little bit of time during a football game but that but that i said is cliche but that is going to be the point for for both of these teams today justin we appreciate your time uh hopefully a good game some the weather continues and we have a great call today hey thanks so much for having me on thank yep. you Coming up next, we'll hear from Kalani Sataki, Fred Warner, and Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons getting ready for the for BYU and San Jose State. It's time for Cougar Cuts, but before we get to that, you can interact with the show. You can tweet at Ben Bags on Twitter, at Ben Bags. We've got the Ask Lions segment coming up in just a moment. You can tweet those questions to me on Twitter, at Ben Bags. We'll start with Cougar Cuts here. The word has been heard all around all week that BYU football is going to be aggressive. That's what head coach Kalani Sataki wants to see from his team this week. Just have to be really blunt about it, you know, as a head coach. I mean, this is all on me. So uh, the way I approach it and, and um, demanding it, you know, it has to happen now and it's desperate. And basically, my mindset, if you're going to go down, you better start swinging, you know, and, and in the meantime, uh, develop a, an identity. I've been talking about that for a while, about uh, what are we going to hang our hat on. Those of you that know me for 
many years I've been coaching, it's it's uh, I've been aggressive, and this is not the type of uh, way that we play that I, I think um, exemplifies uh, what I'm about, you know, and that's my fault. So uh, I've expressed my concerns to our coaches and to our staff, and, and asked the players to just keep buying into our culture and buying into our team. We'll s- see if the results are any different this weekend. Mark, we talked about earlier, aggressive is a key, but something else Kalani said there that's interesting to me is this team's still looking for an identity. Can they establish that identity today? Yeah, that's the question. And uh, uh, I, I expect that when he's talking about being aggressive, I think he probably also is including the defense. So I think there's going to be more blitzing. There's going to be more pressure to try and put on the quarterback, see if they can create more errors. In doing so, you do take a risk. They've got a really good receiver, and if they protect the quarterback, he's going to be a tough guy to cover. So there's a risk-reward in relationship to aggressiveness. Uh, same thing with the uh, the football on the offense, offensive side. Uh, if they're going to throw the ball downfield, they have uh, the great reward when it's caught, but it's a risk that uh, the safeties are going to intercept, and you got a problem with turnovers and also losing a down from an incomplete pass. And BYU's been tough. It's just been tough for them to overcome those kind of lost yardages in the football game. So uh, I'm really excited to see it. It's my style of football. I would rather see somebody fighting and getting it instead of just hanging on. As Coach Sataki said, if we're going to go down, we're going down swinging. That aggressive mindset is what is expected from the Cougars in all three phases of BYU's game. As for what that means for the offense this week, Coach Sataki's looking for one thing. Just score points, whatever it takes. I don't care if you go fast. I don't care if you're in the empty the whole dang time. I don't care. Let's just score points. And I want to be able to just say, hey, let's slow down. That's what I want to say, you know. So whatever it takes, and I'm giving free reign to our offensive staff to be creative as much as you can and use the talent that we have on the field. Regardless of injuries, there's enough talent to win games, you know, and score points. And so, yeah, maybe I'm letting the game plan out, but we're going to be aggressive. We're going to give it everything we get, we can and, and get the playmakers to make plays. And as coaches, we need to put them in that position. I'm not sure if he's giving the game plan out there, Mark, because I think that's a game plan every week that an offense wants to go in and put points on the board. Yeah, that, that part is certainly true, but how they're going to get there. But uh, So he, maybe he's second-guessing that they went for that field goal right at half. They were losing 10-7 last week and had a chance to, you know, they were inside the five-yard line and ended up kicking the field goal and uh, tied it to 10-10. Logically, that's the right thing to do. You want to go in tied at least at halftime and win it in the second half. However, if they score a touchdown and show that they're going to be a little more aggressive and uh, make a play and have some play that you can get that in the end zone, then you go in 14-10 and and next half, it looks like it's a little bit better. You know, you get a little more of a lift in that situation. So, I think that uh, this team is uh, that they're playing today is terrible against fourth down conversions. Man, they've only teams have only missed one time going on fourth down against them. So there's another chance to be aggressive, even though you might be at about midfield. This team hasn't been good at stopping fourth downs. That'd be interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious to see what the BYU offense can do if they capitalize on a little bit of success. In other words, that first drive into the red zone, get a touchdown. Yeah. The second drive in the red zone, get a touchdown. Get a touchdown. Then I want to see what happens after that. If you can put two together, I think that this Cougar team might be able to do something with it. Yeah, I think so too. I, I agree that that's coming from that attitude that uh, played 
you have to play to win instead of play to not lose. And I think that uh, right now the team has forgotten how to win. One of the guys that you can't doubt his effort this season is Fred Warner. He has, he's been one of the bright spots for this BYU team throughout the season. Due to the tough year, he was asked if he regrets his decision to come to BYU. Absolutely not. I would never trade anything that I do um, in this life. You know, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, I came here to make an impact. I feel like I've done that, continue to do that. And, you know, BYU's made an impact on me just as much as I have on, on it. So, no, never would I ever think that. It's funny, Mark. I'm sitting here in the BYU Radio studios, and they've got, uh, the, before they hit the pregame on BYU TV, they're replaying the Texas game from a couple of years ago and watching a young Fred Warner make tackles and plays in that game and watching him ball out there as a young player. He's still doing the same now as a senior for this Cougar team. Boy, he is solid. You know, he's just really a good player, even to the point that, uh, oh, man, was it uh, Utah State? Was it was some, one of the teams that they played earlier, it was Mississippi State. They ran away from Fred. They looked for where Fred was and ran the play that they had called the other direction. They threw the ball away from Fred. So uh, he had as much impact on uh, their play selection as anybody on their offensive team. So uh, Fred Warner is really a good football player. Well, ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich and former BYU Cougar and national champion uh, told BYU Sports Nation earlier this week that Fred Warner may be the best linebacker that's ever played at BYU. Wow. Now that, that he, he likes his game that much. Because there have been some dandies, you know. There's been some very good ones that have worn the Cougar blue. Well, and Fred, he can run, he can tackle, he's a smart player, and he's a captain. So, uh, you know, he's certainly done extremely well. Fred, he's just one of the many, many seniors playing in their final games as BYU Cougars. Kalani says that the remainder of the games are important for many reasons, one of which is to send these seniors out on a high note. We have to try our best to, to honor them and how we establish this program because this is going to really make a mark on what we do and, and how we play the next five games on, on, on their hard work and sacrifices going into this program, you know. So I think they're going to be, be happy to just say that they're a part of building this program, the culture in this team. And obviously, we're not cashing it in for the season. We're, we're trying to honor them and try to do what we can. And we're also honoring Lavelle Edwards, who's a great mentor of mine. And, you know, I'd like to say that I think he's proud of the way that I'm loving these guys and the, 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 that I'm trying to help them out in all their goals. It's just not where we're working in the, in the record. But we have a, a chance to make it better with these five games and starting with San Jose State. That's, that's the focus. The focus of this being honoring the seniors and getting the job done. Mark, I mean, how important is it for the underclassmen to realize what the seniors have given to this program and honoring them with the best effort? Well, when you come in uh, as a new player, uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty <laughs> amazing feeling to see all of these really good football players that are already out there on the field. And, and uh, you're kind of questioning, man, do I belong here? And uh, it's the seniors that are the guys that are you're, you're most impressed with. And uh, they've been through it all. They've uh, taken care of uh, everything that they needed to do to get to the point where the football program has the same tradition that Lavelle Edwards had created. And so uh, they have a responsibility to follow those seniors and to respect them enough to make every effort they can to win football games. I, I like that. 
Well, we're just about 90 minutes away from kickoff at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU and San Jose State. Up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark Lions, tweet them at me, at Ben Bags. That's at B-E-N-B-A-G-S. Use the hashtag AskLions. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 15-10, touchdown, pick six, Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, joined for, joined by, as always, Mark Lyons. It is time for the Ask Lyons segment. We're about 90 minutes from kick at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And you mentioned it, Mark, and it was mentioned with Justin Allegra earlier. Before we get to the Ask Lyons segment, this is radio, so let's just paint the picture a little bit. A beautiful fall day, beautiful temperatures, leaves changing. The vista from Lavelle Edwards Stadium doesn't get better than this. Boy, it's, it's just gorgeous out here today. I, I mean, uh, I just love uh, coming around. To, the football season goes so fast. Uh, even when it's a struggle, I, I still want to come out here to the stadium and uh, be part of the crowd and the game and watch what's going on. These guys have worked so hard to put a good product on the field, and each week you think this is going to be the week that it happens. Boy, well, but it, it is spectacular. Yeah, no, there's no greater time of the year than right now in yeah. Provo. Football season, looking on, watching the leaves change and the mountains and everything else is beautiful. Much like it is when we get to play Ask Lions here on the Cougar Countdown Show. And it's time for you to ask Lions. Mark, Cougar fans have questions for you. Do you have the answers? <laughs> I've got an answer. <laughs> this turned into a game show all of a sudden, Mark. Uh, first question comes from Jeff in West Jordan. Will we see the Tanner Mangum from the second half of the ECU game in today's game? Well, that's my a little bit of my anticipation. You know, I'm kind of 50-50, but he really did get to the point where they let him go, and uh, he threw the football quite well. Uh, uh, he found Alifa Hifo. He got uh, a couple of touchdown throws in the game. So uh, I do think that Tanner probably had a little boost in his confidence from that fourth quarter. Now, the part that uh, we're still going to have to watch and see is that teams have chosen to run the football against San Jose and just thrash them. And so there's that possibility that if the run game is cooking, then they might stay away from the pass. If they have the same struggles running the ball that they did last week, they'll go to the pass earlier. I got a chance to sit down with Tanner Mangum uh, two days ago uh, as we got ready for this game, and, and he told me, I asked him about that, the confidence from that second half, what does that do for him? And he, he, he said it helps him a lot in getting ready this week for San Jose, but I, he, he kind of took it off of himself and says, more importantly, it helps the offense a lot, that when we got things going, not me, but when we got things going, yeah. that it just seemed to kind of permeate the whole huddle. I really like uh, how he is a team guy. He's totally a team guy, and, and for a quarterback, uh, I really appreciate that uh, he ha- he knows that he has a big responsibility, but there's guys out there, other guys, that are going to make plays in order to be successful. So uh, I appreciate that he has that feeling. Something you mentioned in your answer com- uh, ties into the next question. Vince in Austin, Texas. Hello, Texas. Austin. Yeah, Ask, hello, what, Austin, Texas. Hello, Austin. What does the emergence of Leva Hifo mean for this BYU offense? Well, Alifa's got a lot of talent. Uh, he's good quickness. 
and uh, he uh, is very elusive. If you get him in the open field, he has a good chance to make some plays. I think he did run a kickoff return last week. At least I've seen him doing so. And the guys that you put on kickoff return are guys that have got a chance to beat tacklers. So they're going to fit into small spaces, get through in a hurry, and be elusive. And so uh, that's the part that Alifa really does a, a nice job. He's uh, catching the football a little bit better in this that fourth quarter in particular. But uh, he ended up being the guy that uh, they let him go, and he was the guy that hurt him. Well, it'd be nice if there was multiple targets. I know early on in the season yeah. it was all about Matt Bushman. All of a sudden, Hefo's starting to come on. Micah Simons had his moments as well. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, Tanner Mangum's got more than one target he can focus on throw the ball to. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Jonah Trineman runs as good a comeback route. I just think, uh, you know, the, the one time they find I was begging for it last week, and uh, the one time they ran it, uh, Tanner threw the ball in the dirt. But uh, uh, he is, he's got such good speed that he runs a terrific comeback route, and I think it's almost unstop, unstoppable. One more question here. Bonnie in the Bay Area asks, says the defense seems to have struggled over the past five games. Very observant, Bonnie. Just a stat for you in your question. Uh, they've given up 34.4 games, or points per game in the last five games, Mark. Wow. Uh, Bonnie asks, yeah. what do they need to do to get better today? Yeah, uh, I think that the defense has had a free pass because the offense has struggled so much. And uh, they've given up long drives in these last three games they've played. There have been lots of long drives. Now they've been good at stopping field, you know, field for field goals. They don't uh, give up touchdowns every time. So I do like that they finally put the brakes on and stop them. But uh, today their challenge is going to be to stop the pass. They've got uh, San Jose's got a... A quarterback that can throw it around. They've got uh, quite a few good quality receivers. They have a little bit of a wide open game and they run some play action pass that's going to be deceptive. So uh, if BYU can control, the, the, the quarterback hasn't been extremely accurate. Neither quarterback is over 55% in his completions. So if they were able to um, force some bad throws and if they're going to be aggressive up front and play man cover, you got to be able to play that man and you got to be able to pressure that quarterback back. When we come back, this week's Shep Talk, a conversation with senior defensive lineman Kenzie Talsinga. The Cougar Countdown show continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown show. Got to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally this is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you tonight. Well, this afternoon, the Cougars take on the San Jose State Spartans. That's coming up here in about 45 minutes on the BYU New Skin Sports Network. Before we get to Shep Doc this week, uh, the voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rebell. He'll join us in the next segment. Greg just tweeted out on Twitter at Greg Rebell. Just concluded my pregame conversation with head coach Kalani Sataki. He says running back Ula Tulatau will be out today. Quarterback Bo Hodge is available. Mark, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought Bo was going to be ready this week. Uh, it looked like he was each day was uh, having a little more uh, interest in what was going on in practice. And so I think Bo Hodge has got to be a, uh, a possibility. He, he's a nice change-up. 
because uh, he has that running ability. But you're a little afraid to, I don't know, let's go back to seven turnovers against Utah State. And that's in your back of your mind all the time in that, oh, man, if we turn it over seven times, we're going to lose. And so you really are afraid to do anything on offense. You have to be more aggressive. you got to forget it. And he got that concussion against Utah State, which kept him out a long time. And so you you have to, I guess, get if he steps on the field, he's got to be a player. That's the way you have to look at it. Well, he gave, he gave Cougar fans a spark of hope in that Utah State game before going down with the concussion. I really think they would have won that game had he been able to stay in the whole game. This week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU defensive lineman Kenzie Tausinga. Kenzie is one of the seniors on this team trying to end their college career on a positive note. Here's Jason Shepard and Kenzie Tausinga with Shep Talk. All right, Kesney. I put myself in your shoes or the player's shoes. And week after week after week, if I'm constantly being asked why things aren't working, that would wear on me. How do you guys not let that wear you down? Um, a big thing is just tune, it, tune everyone out that doesn't, like, that doesn't have immediate impact on what we're doing. A um, big thing Coach Satake says is just focus on the family, which means our teammates. And so I... Um, like, I've been off Twitter, off Facebook. I just I focus a lot on football and school right now. And um, I, it's been a little bit refreshing getting away from that because social media, like, if you're doing well, it hypes you up, makes your head big. And then when we're in the situation we're in now, it makes you depressed. People, like, people you've never met before saying how bad you are at, at football. So I think uh, a big key for us is just to, to focus on things we can control and definitely not all the the hype or all the negativity. What are those things that you guys can control? What are the coaches talking to you? Because I know the word execution has been brought up a lot. So what are those things that you guys as players feel like, you know what, this is what we can control? A big thing is uh, is our practice. Um, to, like yesterday, you could tell that everyone was down at the beginning of practice. And Coach Kalani pulled us up at the end and he he kind of ripped us, ripped into us, and um, he's like, he talked to us about we're not having a funeral. We still have football to play. Um, we should be grateful we're here right now and that we still have games that, to go out and prove ourselves. And so I think um, a big thing I think we can control is just converting what we do at practice to the games because we have amazing practices. We bust our butts at practice. We run, we run hard and we uh, we focus. And uh, I think we just need to find a way to to translate that into our into the games. For you as a senior, I mean, you've got five more games left in this season. I have to imagine for, for you and the other seniors, th- it's all about giving your best and ending this season on a high note, right? Yeah, like at this point, um, like I, I know f- my games are numbered. I've only got a couple left, a few left, and I'm, I just want to make the most of it, you know. Last game I was, uh, when we were in North Carolina, I was just sitting like, just taking it all in for a sec, looking around and trying to like really soak it in like the moment because I know I'm not going to get very more, many more of these chances. And I don't know if I'm going to keep playing football after or find a sweet job somewhere, but I'm just grateful that you know we have these last games left and I'm going to go out and bust my butt for these guys because I might not get to play again. How crazy is it to think that this, your senior year's here, that it's, that time has gone by so fast? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like, everyone always says, like, man, I never thought I'd be a senior, but here I am. It's honestly like that. Like, you blink and you're here. Like, seems like yesterday I was with Coach Mendenhall pushing sleds my freshman year, barfing on the turf. But um, 
I'm just really grateful to be here, and we got amazing coaches and good teammates. I just, uh, I really just want to win for Coach Sitake because he's such an amazing guy, and he deserves it, and he works so hard, and especially all the rest of our coaches. So I just want to finish strong, get five more wins, and then, you know, put a good ending on my career. This is the very first time I have ever asked any player this question, uh, but your wife is a dental assistant, and it just so happens that at one time she actually worked at the dentist that I go to. So your wife has actually worked on my teeth. My question to you is, when your wife is a dental assistant, how much pressure is on you for the care of your teeth? <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> Man, she, you'd be surprised. She actually has a lot of pressure on her from football. Like A lot of the patients are BYU fans, and they go in there and they grill her because they know her husband plays. Or a lot of them don't know that I play, and they talk mad smack on BYU, and she's like, um, my husband's a player. Not like, you know, maybe not give them as much of the, uh, the numbing agent just so they feel it a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, she, uh, she drills a little deeper on that one. So for, for you then moving forward, obviously with five games, it's still one game at a time. San Jose State is up next. So what are the coaches talking to you in terms of that game? I know Coach Tuaki said from an offensive standpoint, they try and do a lot of the same things that East Carolina did. So what are you guys focusing on for that game? A uh, big thing we're focusing on as, as the D-line is um, getting our hands up. They do a lot of three-step drop, quick passes, things like that. Um, so we want a big thing is we want to bat some balls and create some opportunities for some turnovers. I think um, we've had a little bit of tip passes this year. I've had one, a couple other guys. I've dropped one. Um, so I think if we can <laughs> that get... That still bugs you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a nightmare still. <laughs> I still dream about it. But uh, I think if we can get some more of that, then it'll create a lot of opportunities. We, want, we just want to get our offense the ball. That's the big thing. The word aggressiveness has been brought up a lot this week. Coach Satake was talking about it um, on both sides of the ball, offense, defense, everybody upping the level of aggressiveness. So from a defensive standpoint, what does that mean to you? As a defensive lineman, you just want to be have an aggressive get-off and, and, and aggressive hands, and that'll make up for a lot of things. If you can come off the ball hard every play, kind of how Kairos does, then they're going to they're gonna have a tough time doing anything on us. If you can just move that line of scrimmage back a little bit, then we're going to have a good day. All right, we're going to wrap things up with the final four. These are the personality questions. So the first question for you is, if you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what cereal would you eat? I would definitely eat Cinnamon Life. It's the best cereal. <laughs> it's way good, but you got to eat it quick because if it gets soggy, then it's no longer good. you got to throw it away. Now, I agree. That actually is my wife's go-to, so that's, I, that's in our house all the time. Okay, question number two. What is your favorite Disney character? Um, my favorite Disney character is Max off Goofy Movie. I don't know why I love that movie so much. I'm a 90s baby, and Max is the coolest. That's the Goofy Movie is the best movie ever, and Max is my favorite guy. Wow, best movie ever. Yeah. All right. Okay, so third question. When they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? Ooh, um... Definitely Brad Pitt. Ooh. I'd say he looks a lot like me, picks up a lot of ladies. I'm married now, but when I was single, man, just kidding. Uh, yeah, definitely Brad Pitt would play me because he's good looking like me. All right, last question. What do you love most about playing football for BYU? Um, I just love the uh, the atmosphere here. I love, like I grew up a BYU fan and just in South Jordan, Utah, and so I've always dreamt of playing here in, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And uh, it's just a dream to be here now. I, I I feel like I'm living like my actual childhood dream, and so 
every day I get up, I'm grateful to come, and I know uh, my time's short, so I'm going to try to make the most of it. Isn't he great stuff? Good luck against the Spartans on Saturday. Thank you so much. There you go, Shep Talk with Kenzie Towsing, and the only place you'll hear about Cinnamon Life cereal and dental assistance. Coming up next, we'll look ahead to the Cougar pregame live, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. The Cougar Countdown show continues after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. The ball's loose on a fumble, and the Cougars have recovered. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's notes, and you'll hear from opposing head coach, San Jose State coach, Sprint Brennan. That's coming up in Cougar Pregame Live. It's now time to visit with The Voice, sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread, all-natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the BYU Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, welcome in. Thank you very much, Ben, and I was uh, fortunate to be able to be the interviewer of Coach Brent Brennan this week, earlier this week. I think you'll enjoy what he had to say. He talks a lot about the relationship that uh, he has and had with both coaches, Satake and Tuiaki, as they were all together there in Corvallis working at Oregon State and uh, lived in the same neighborhood, and their kids, they said, wreaked havoc together on the streets of Corvallis and uh, <laughs> in the neighborhood there. And so, yeah, it was fun talking to Coach Brennan, and he's uh, in the same spot Kalani was last year, first-time FBS head coach. And interestingly, last year Kalani chose for his two coordinators, first-time FBS coordinators, Ty Detmer and Elias Tuiaki. And so it is that Brent Brennan has chosen in his first staff, first-time ever FBS coordinators on both offense and defense. So a lot of what Kalani went through last year, Brent Brennan is going through this year. Of course, greater success for Kalani in year one at 9-4. and four. And the Spartans, as we know, like BYU sitting at 1-7 and seven right now. What the Spartans have and the Cougars don't have been... Well, they actually don't have that either. Neither has a win over an FBS team. Last week we could say that ECU at least had a win over an FBS team, but neither BYU nor San Jose State have defeated an FBS opponent yet. So both try for that first FBS victory here today. What they do have that BYU doesn't have uh, is, is uh, they've got a losing streak shorter than seven games. Uh, BYU's lost seven in a row. Spartans have lost six in a row. So Spartans lost in their second, and BYU lost in its first game. Or rather, rather BYU lost in its second game and has lot one since, and the uh, Spartan streak started after their second. Yeah, I brought it up with, brought up with Mark earlier. 63 days since BYU recorded a victory yep. for, in football. Late August. Greg, uh, today really is an important day in uh, BYU football. It was on, uh, on uh, what is today, October 28th, 1967. BYU beat Utah 17-14. That happened on this date. 1967. On your watch. On my watch, that's right. And uh, 17 to 14. So I can feel the vibe on this day. It's going to happen again today. Greg, tell me this, though. We haven't ever talked about this off air or anything, but uh, what's your opinion about uh, being learning how to lose or forgetting how to win when a team runs this long of a streak of loses, losses? Uh, I'll leave it to Kalani, who will tell us here in our pregame interview coming up in a few moments that he feels that the danger at 1-7 and seven is that the guys start feeling and wondering what's the next bad thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Instead of feeling what good things we're going to be able to do today. It's like, what, uh, you know, what's the, what what's the next wrong? negative? Yeah, and so he, he, he says that's a real thing. It's what you get at 1-7. and seven. And, and so team confidence is, 
in addition to you know to the points and the red zone efficiency and uh, team confidence is what lacks right now and the only way to get it back is to you know have yourself uh with with, uh, with, with that, that that number in the left column at the end of the day and it hasn't happened for so long and so uh it's it's an unfamiliar sensation for anybody associated with this program for 50 years and so it's uh you know, nothing yeah. anyone knows really how to deal with at That's, this institution. Some have had it happen in other places. Other coaches have had it happen in other places, but not here at BYU. And so, you know, there's still a chance to, to, to finish out right, finish out strong, and, and give yourself something positive to, to head into next year with. And we'll talk about that. Mark and I will, Ben, during our uh, Cougar kickoff show as well. Some personnel notes we want to share, and some have been shared on Twitter already. But uh, offensively, uh, it's, it's a couple guys coming back, and it's, a, it's an important guy going out. So Squally Canada is back off injury. That's good. Uh, Talon Shumway and Tanner Baldry may be back off injury. That's good. But you lose Ula Tolutau today, and as for if it's short or long term, Kalani said he really couldn't discuss it, but for today they will not have uh, Ula Tolutau at their disposal. They lose Troy Warner at corner, and so the plan is to hopefully have um, the group of Wilcox, Green, and Gonwaluku be able to combine those three guys to cover those two spots. Johnny Tapusoa, Kujay may not be ready to go yet at linebacker. Uh, Va'andimatololo may get some time as a result. Uh, Adam Pulsifer should get the start alongside Butch and uh, Fred Warner at linebacker. Those are the main personnel notes coming into today. And uh, the, uh, did I mention Bo Hodge? Uh, Bo, you will early, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so Bo uh, being available is, is something new. We haven't had him for about a month or so. And, and uh, in, in what role he'll be used remains to be seen. But whereas in the past, if you might have seen, seen say, an Austin Kofensis come in, in, uh, you might see Bo Hodge get that oh, opportunity kind of now. Uh, someone who presents a little more of a threat uh, there at that spot. So we'll see if he plays and if he does play how much he plays. Uh, Joe Critchlow is still in the mix and it really might depend on what they need from that next guy as to whether Bo or Joe is that guy coming in. Almost a new, another another week of a new look Cougar team. as transition seems to be the key to the season. That has been the uh, the ongoing pattern uh, this year is uh, is personnel uncertainty and uh, new combinations week to week. Uh, it would be nice to get reintroduced to some names like Riley Burt, Squally Canada, and Bo Hodge. And K.J. Hall will get the start to project it at running back today, so we'll likely see him get the first snaps. At least that's what Kalani believed would happen today. Yes, that's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It is Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley here with you. You can tweet at me on Twitter, at Ben Bags. The BYU Cougars and the San Jose State Spartans about ready to get underway in one hour from now. I love Edwards Stadium. Both teams coming in at 1-7, and seven, looking for their first victory this season against an FBS opponent. Joined right now by sideline reporter for the BYU Cougars, Nate Mickle. Nate with Nate Notes. Nate Notes is brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at ChooseNissan.com. Former Cougar and current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins us right now. Nate, how are you today? Uh, wonderful. Excited to be here in Provo. You only have six times a, a year that you get to come to this stadium with the fans, watch the players. So even though it's a it's a struggling BYU team, been a long time. I don't know. Is it the two one and seven teams in in the stadium today? Probably unprecedented. All that said, I'm still excited to be here to watch a football game. And there's no better place to watch football than Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We discussed that earlier on the program. Hey, Tanner Mangum and Aleva Hifo built 
a bit of a connection last week at ECU. Yeah. How does Ty Detmer and the Cougars continue to build on that relationship today? Yeah, that was huge last week. I've been high on Aleva uh, since the first time I saw him. We play the same position. And, and so very first time in fall camp when I'm watching this little guy run routes, I say, holy cow, that is a great route. And I know a little something about that route because I've tried <laughs> to do it. And uh, I, I tell people, you know, you got to watch this guy, Aleva Hifo. And for the last couple of years, you know, you'd see a glimpse here there, but uh, also saw some big mistakes, young guy, and, and people would, you know, razz me, you know, well, what about 11? I'm just saying, just be patient, it's going to happen. And he's finally kind of hitting his stride against Mississippi State, had uh, five catches for 77 yards, got his first TD. And then last week, yeah, the big week, nine catches for 48. So how do you keep that going? Well, you, Tanner's just got to look for him. And I think that's what happened last week is Tanner realized Leva's got an advantage here. Look for Leva, and he's probably going to be open. And I think that's what Tanner needs to do today to keep that going. Just look for him. Well, the nice thing is, is now he's given Tanner multiple options. We've seen Matt Bushman throughout the year, now Leva right. Hifo and Micah Simon beginning to get more and more in that to where Tanner's not looking at just one guy, but multiple receivers. Yeah, exactly. Tanner, he, speaking of which, got a chance to speak with him uh, on Thursday as we got ready for the game this week. And he talked about the importance of that rhythm of the offense and, more importantly, maybe he got in that second half. Yeah. How does one, Tanner Mangum, capitalize on that and keep that momentum going forward after a week break? And I think to keep that momentum going, you got to let Tanner throw. In the first half last week, he was 9 of 12. So he had to throw 12 times, 61 yards. That's not much. Third quarter, uh, 1 of 4 threw it four times is all and was only able to complete one and then in that fourth quarter team's down and he started slinging it around threw it for 25 times 16 to 25 you know he ended up last week at 63 percent completion percentage for about 320 yards two tds some people will say yeah but ecu went soft in the fourth quarter and yeah they probably did but ecu is, a, is about as soft a defense as you're ever going to see in fbs so uh, they were soft the whole game they're just not they weren't a good defense tanner's a gunslinger and if you let tanner sling it around He'll make some plays. He'll probably throw it to a safety a time or two as well, and you hope they drop it. But Tanner is a guy that makes plays, and I think you just got to let him throw. Well, that brings up an interesting, almost a conundrum here for, for the Ty Detmer, is Mark Lines and I were talking about this last hour. Uh, San Jose State, a defense that allows teams to run all over him. You want to get Tanner that momentum, you want to have him throw the ball, but you also don't want to go away from what has worked against this defense multiple times this season. Yeah, and, you know, I think you have to also look at your personnel. So you say, yeah, San Jose State, they give up the run, but is BYU a great running team? Well, you don't have Ula today. He's your he's your strongest running back, and you're averaging about three to four yards a carry. So you're not a great running team to begin with. So, yeah, you can try to exploit their defense, but I don't think that's the strength of this BYU offense, especially without Ula today. So I think you have to go with Tanner. It's a guy that threw for 3,300 yards as a freshman. Yeah, things have changed, different scheme, different players around it, but still the guy can throw it. And if it's me, that's what I'm doing is I'm trying to write Tanner today. Speaking, we've spoke of the offense at this point. Let's talk a little about the defense. During this seven-game losing streak, it seems like they've progressively struggled more and more. In fact, in the last five games, the BYU defense is giving up 34.4 points per game in those last five games. 
What does the Cougar defense need to do today to get better? Yeah, that's interesting. You think, uh, you know, the offense is struggling so bad. Well, let's just ride the defense. Let's let, let's let the defense get us a win. Well, that's that's great if your defense is really good. But like you say, the defense right now is not really good. I mean, they've done better than the offense, but they're not great. You look at uh, some of the things like turnovers gained this year. They're 87th nationally. Sacks, they've only had nine. That's 105th nationally. Tackles for a loss. They've only got 34. That's 103rd nationally. You know, these things you're talking about uh, are related to havoc, creating havoc, putting pressure on an offense, and they've not been able to do that. Well, even before you can create havoc, one thing I'm looking for the BYU D today, uh, do today is just be more assignment sound. Have the DNs keep the edge. They're giving up the edge way too much. Control your gap. When you see two guys blitzing into the same gap, you know somebody's screwing up. And you got to cover your man in zone when you're playing zone defense. You don't just run to a spot in the field and just cover nobody in the grass. you got to find the man in your zone. So I'm looking for the BYUD to try to be more assignment sound and do those basic things, especially control the edge uh, to help them have a better game today. You, the word of the week around this BYU team kind of set forth in the postgame show last week with you guys from Kalani Stocky is aggressive. Uh, he talked about it in his Monday press conference again. He talked about it Tuesday on the coaches show. He brought it up with me on Thursday when I sat down and spoke to him in getting ready for the game this week. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. So to Nate Mickle, what does an aggressive BYU Cougar team look like today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Yeah, I think this is a, the word of the day that Kalani's been using, and I think it's going to determine the outcome today. So you, you think back to last year, the team had a lot of success with ball control and field position. And when you play that way, turnovers are huge. You're really trying to limit them because they matter so much in affecting field position and ball control. Well, early on this season, BYU was kind of trying to take that approach, and the turnovers were huge. You look at that Utah State game. Yeah, they had a ton, but early on, the, the turnovers were really big in turning the momentum of that game. So what do you do? You pull back and you say, okay, we're going to do more ball control. And we're going to do more field position. But when your defense is not great, and that keeps you from getting first downs, that's not a winning combination, and you get too conservative. And so I think it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, to be aggressive, in my mind, that means you let Tanner Mangum throw it. You let him sling it. He's a gunslinger. And you see if him slinging it around can help you get the win. You, you and Mark Lyons are going to have to get together because Mark's on the, on, the, on the run the ball bandwagon. You're on the sling the ball around bandwagon. We might have some issues in the booth let's, today, you guys. Yeah, let's, let's see post game. Uh, so I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about this, me and Mark, post game. We're going to see what happened. Hey, Nate, thanks a lot. Look forward to hearing your reports from the sidelines today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, thanks, Ben. On the other side, Mike, uh, Greg Rebell's conversation with San Jose State head coach Brent Brennan. That's next on the Cougar Pregame Live show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Lobs for the end zone. Hit me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Ben Bagley with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and San Jose State. Earlier this week, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, talked with the head coach of the San Jose State Spartans, Brent Brennan. Here's that conversation. First off, I just want to start with the fact that facing BYU has been kind of a, a common theme over your career. I think you got BYU four out of five seasons as a player at UCLA. Then you got him as a grad assistant at Hawaii, grad assistant at Washington, wide receivers coach a couple times at Oregon State. You've seen BYU over the years quite frequently. 
No question. No question. They always are incredibly tough opponents. Different staffs, different styles over the years, of course. But what comes to mind when you get a BYU on the schedule over your career? Just know that it's going to be an extremely physical football game and that they're going to be really well coached and that playing on the road in Provo is an incredibly difficult thing to do. You've shared a staff room with Kalani Sitake at one point as well. You were offense, he was defense, but you were together in Corvallis. What was it like to be with him on that team at a time when things were trying to build? Any impressions you had of him? You know, I, I think the world of Kalani um, and his, his wife, Kimberly, they're, they're, their family, they're just an incredible group of people. And Elisa Tuyaki, too, for that matter. We, were, we all lived in the same neighborhood. You know, so we literally, Kalani and I lived like five houses apart, and Elisa was, you know, seven houses away. And so our kids kind of ran all over the neighborhood there, just a tornado of uh, youthful enthusiasm banging the house to house. And it was just awesome. And we just had a fabulous time with Kalani. And uh, I think he's an outstanding football coach and, and an incredible human being. Can you take us back to that time when they uh, came on board and then when they decided to, to leave for BYU? Uh, did you did you understand their decision at the time? Yeah, I did. I, I knew how special, um, you know, BYU was to Kalani. And uh, obviously his relationship with Elisa, just their, their history together, just the, the fact for you know them to go home, so to speak, and for Kalani to be back at his alma mater, having been a great player there, and just it, just you know his history as a coach in the state of Utah, just knowing that area and, and having that experience. So I, I definitely understood. It was funny. I was with him kind of when it started to warm up. We were we were recruiting together. We were together for like five or six days, just me and him on the road. So I was in the car with him when the phone call started coming in and he had to swear me to secrecy. And uh, so I couldn't tell anybody. And we just, and I was just listening to this thing that started to run away super fast. And I was just excited for what was happening in his life and the opportunity it was for him to return there as the head coach. Some tough times right now for Kalani, but probably no doubt that he'll ride this thing out and get this thing fixed, right? So yeah, I have ultimate faith in Kalani. He's a, he's an incredible football coach and a great man, and he'll be a tremendous leader for that program for a very long time. What are your feelings having seen what's happened to Oregon State since your departure? Everything that's gone down there. Well, I'm just disappointed for for that coaching staff and for those kids. You know, um, obviously they were only two and a half years into Coach Anderson's regi- regime. Um, I thought he was doing a great job, and they they ran into a really tough part of the schedule. You know, they had to play. Washington and USC on the road and they had Washington at home and those are three really good teams and um, so I'm just really disappointed for for Oregon State I'm disappointed for Coach A and the staff because I think those guys were on the right path and it takes time it takes time to build something and I'm learning that firsthand here at San Jose State. Yeah so two one and seven teams are facing off your Saturday BYU's lost seven in a row you've lost six straight so uh, equal measures of uh, urgency on display Saturday. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's obviously an important game for both of us um, just because of, of where we are and how the season's gone so far. So I'm sure they'll be excited to play. You've used a couple of starting quarterbacks and uh, and two young ones. Josh Love's a sophomore. Montel Aaron's a freshman. You went back to Montel last game. Will you keep him in there versus BYU? Yeah, we will. We, you know, actually, Montel got hurt against Utah, and so he missed about four games. And uh, so, you know, he, he got came back against Hawaii and did some good stuff. And, you know, just when you're playing – a young player at that position, there, there's good days and there's some, some hard days. And I'm hoping that as we go forward, we have less hard days. Freshman quarterback and freshman wide receiver leads you, right, in Jaquan Blackwell. 
That's right. That's right. We got a lot of young guys playing for us, to be honest with you. So, you know, sometimes when I look out there, I'm like, wow, that was a great play by a young player. And then sometimes I'm like, what the heck are we doing out there? So, <laughs> um, you know, there's there's bits and pieces of all of it. Your defense has been on the field longer than any other this year in the FBS in terms of plays, and uh, linebacker Frank Ginda has made more tackles and more solo tackles than any player. Yeah, Frank is a great kid. He's just a really hardworking guy. It's really important to him. He loves to play, and uh, you know everyone here is just really proud of him and, and his production. And the you know the defense being on the field that much, you know, is definitely been more of a product of our ineffectiveness at all, on offense. You know, so we're hoping we can balance that out as the season, uh, you know, in this last stretch of the season here. And uh, turnover trouble's been tied to that uh, with 26 giveaways in eight games. Are there common threads or links that uh, that kind of describe what the turnover issue's been for you? Has it been different things, different times? Uh, it's It's been all of it, and none of it's been pretty. Um, it's just been, uh, you know, everything from bad reads or, you know, trying to force a ball into a place it shouldn't go. And... Um, you know, so that there's just been too much of that stuff. And, and obviously, you have no chance to win when you don't take care of the football. And so there's a huge sense of urgency in that area for us. Run defense for you guys, about five yards of carry allowed, a little steeper than you'd like it to be right now? It is. You know, I, I do think that's a little bit of a byproduct of playing some really good people um, so far on our schedule. And then also the fact that just offensively, we struggled early on and our defense was out there too much. And so you know, the more they play, the more fatigue sets in, and uh, we need to protect them better with, uh, you know, taking care of the football and, and moving it down the field offensively. Coach, whether it's BYU versus San Jose State or the Cougars versus Utah State or Boise or Hawaii, UNLV, Fresno, name it, uh, there are a lot of Mountain West Conference teams on BYU's schedule. I think BYU should get in our conference, you know. I mean, if they're playing the schedule, they should be a part of it. You say that in jest or, or seriously? Oh, I, I, I've never really given it much thought, but, um, you know, they're playing everybody in our conference. And, uh, you know, I think it's fun when you're in a conference just because you, you start to form some of those natural rivalries and, you know, you get to see opponents year in and year out and you start to know each other and it becomes kind of a healthy battle of respect and competition. Finally, Coach, you've done it before and some of your players have as well, but Provo on a Saturday afternoon out here in the mountains, looking forward to Saturday? I'm looking forward to Saturday because it's the next chance we get to play. And we just need opportunities to play with this young football team we got um, just because that's how we learn. And that's how we get we get a chance to try and improve. Looking so forward we're, to, we're excited. Looking forward to seeing you and your guys out here, Coach. Thanks for the time today. No problem. Thank you. There you go, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, speaking with San Jose State Spartan head coach Brent Brennan. When we come back, we'll look at some of the action in college football, plus a scoreboard update around campus. This is the Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Let's look at some scores from around the BYU campus. Last night in Albuquerque, BYU Hoops got a 79-73 win in an exhibition game against the University of New Mexico. Yoli Childs led the Cougars with 17 points and 19 rebounds. All proceeds from last night's game went to the Hurricane and Harvey Relief Fund. Number eight, BYU women's volleyball fell in four sets to 18th-ranked San Diego. And the men's cross-country team swept the top five places at the WCC Championship Winning the title as Connor McMillan took the fir- took first place, and teammates Daniel Carney, Casey 
Klingland, and Rory Linkletter and Clayton Young crossed the finish line less than a second after McMillan. The BYU women's team took second. Also, coming up later tonight, 7.30 kick, kick local here, Mountain Time, 9.30 Eastern, as BYU Soccer takes on Portland. Jason Shepard will have the call of that game. 8 o'clock kick, 7.30 pre on BYU Radio. We'll get... We'll, Get you cut up on scores throughout the game in college football. But coming up next, we'll get you down to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth with the voice of Greg Rebell, with the voice of Cougars, Greg Rebell. This has been the Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Rushing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Sitake's thoughts on today's game. Let's go. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah, as today. A pair of desperate sides do battle with 1-7 BYU hosting 1-7 San Jose State. Both teams on long losing skids. The Cougars on a seven-game skid and haven't won more than two months and are still looking for their first FBS win of the season. The Spartans last one in week two. They've lost six straight. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by my on-air partner and one-time Cougar signal caller, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And Mark, BYU last week played the most generous defense in all of college football and managed only 17 points, losing by 16. The back end of that game saw the Cougars turn it loose and they produced. It was the first 300-yard passing game of the Kalani Sitake era. And during this past week, Kalani said aggressive will be the buzzword moving forward. He wants his guys playing to win and not just not to lose. He feels the team has been too conservative and he shoulders responsibility for that. And today, BYU gets another defense really struggling to get off the field. It is truly BYU's best chance, again, to get back in the win column and hopefully start a late-season turnaround. Well, I I agree completely, Greg. I believe every player today has to go into the game with the attitude that they're going to win this football game. They can't hold back. We talked uh, after last week's game that BYU seemed to be playing with a fear of making a mistake that was going to cost them the game. And I, I think you have to go out there to play to win. You have to make more good plays that lead to scores than bad plays that give up points. So today is their next chance for BYU to you to show that they have some fight. They have some. They have something that they really have to play for still, that they're going to get after it. They need to improve on both sides of the football. It's not just offense. We talk about it, but it's defense. And special teams has to show some ability to get points or improve field position. They've got to be more consistent at making field goals and also improve their field position with returns. There's a, it's the whole team thing. Everybody has to play a part. Now, San Jose has got its problems, but BYU has to play with some determination, battle to get things done right. They have to be correct with everything they do. BYU needs to be the team having some fun out there. Last week, it was ECU that was having the fun. When you uh, get into a situation like this and you go a long time with having some losses, 
Well, you kind of forget how to win. Hopefully, the successes they have in practice this week gets them the feeling and confidence that they can take charge of a game again. Now, Mike Ditka once said, you're never a loser until you quit trying. Then you're a loser when you quit trying. So, yeah, you got to keep it up. Greg, I'll tell you what. I, I remember fall days with the leaves out there in the, you know, in the park, and you'd rustle through the leaves, and you'd throw the football around. Oh, man, I tell you, that's where you get into the feeling of you love the game of football. I love coming to this stadium. Man, it's just from the time that I got a chance to be here as a player, and I still get to come here as a fan and watch football games. It doesn't get any better than this, Greg. What a day. We've got a high sky out there. We've got a perfect temperature for a football game. It was nice last week at ECU, but uh, Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. I don't want to bum you out, but it's our second to last home game of the year. I, I, I know. I know. I, I know. Okay. I shouldn't have said that to you. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll get the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's BYU in San Jose State on this sunny Saturday, and Mark Lyons confirming the sky today is indeed high. <laughs> it's the last Saturday in October. It's BYU's second-to-last home game of the 2017 season. After consecutive games on the road at Fresno State and UNLV in the next two weeks, BYU will be home to UMass on November 18th for BYU's Senior Day home finale. So just one more of these here in Provo. After last week's a 33-17 loss at ECU, Kalani Sitake mentioned the seniors and how the most Motivation is modified from postseason qualification to playing for pride now and for the guys who are in the weeks to come playing their final games for BYU. A short time ago, I spoke with BYU's head coach in his locker room office and asked about the team response he has gotten and expects to see today with the time trickling away on this so far subpar season. No, really good. Uh, I think this week has been a little bit more intense and uh, probably worked a lot harder this week than any other week. So I think that's more of what our coaches and our players just just demanding from each other. But uh, it was a really good week of preparation, and um, I think they can be confident in themselves because of that preparation going into this game. You've wanted to win every week. Is there an even greater sense of urgency you sense from your guys as we head down the stretch now? Well, I think the the key is the confidence level. You know, when when you go through a losing uh, streak, and uh, it seems like sometimes it seems like things don't go well, and and rather than guys expecting to do well, they're looking for things to fall apart. And uh, the only way to get over that is hard work and preparation. And so I think that this week was a little bit different. We changed things up a little bit in the way we did things and practiced a little bit more yesterday than we normally would. And um, and then knew going into this, there would be a, you know, the game being in, in the afternoon, trying to get 24 hours uh, work beforehand. And um, it's just been really good. Our meetings have been really clean. And I'm, I'm really optimistic, you know, about, about things. But uh, like I said before, optimism doesn't do it. You need optimism combined with hard work and, and preparation. And I feel like we got that done this week. Without being overly specific and beyond the extra, extra practice time you noted, what other maybe changes went into this week that you think will bear fruit here uh, on game day? 
Well, I mean, I think just overall um, players just just buying into everything, you know, and, and um, uh, their role and, and their their um, accountability on and off the field. And I think we had a somewhat of a reality check earlier this week, you know, and, and um, guys knowing what, um, the importance of, of what they stand for when they come to BYU and and how much is riding on it. And so our guys have uh, really rallied together and are looking forward to going out and playing this game regardless of what's happened so far this season. What does an aggressive BYU team look like to you, do you think, today in all phases? <clears throat> well, we have a team full of Eagle Scouts and return missionaries, and they've seen adversity in life, and, and they understand what sacrifice is all about. So um, just relying on those guys to lead the way and those guys that go back to um, you know the, that hard work ethic and the, um, the toughness that they have, let's put it on the field, and that's what I mean by aggression. Tanner Mangum's been uh, uh, playing every week and playing a lot of snaps with an ankle that wasn't great, but do you think week by week it's gotten better? I do. Um, you know, we, we're hoping that, that uh, it shows uh, today, and, and I thought he had a great week of preparation. Uh, it doesn't really matter, though, unless you do it on Saturday, you know, and uh, I, I felt great about uh, the way we pre- prepare for every game, uh, but uh, Saturday's where you have to put it all together, and that's what we get judged on. How's your running back group going to look today? Well, good. I think we got uh, Squally was back in the mix, and then with uh, KJ and Riley, I think KJ will, will start the game, and then we have Riley, Squally, and uh, Austin Kofensis that can be in the mix, and also Braden Obakri at fullback could play uh, some tail as well. You won't have Ula Tolutau today. Uh, anything about his status, uh, short or long term? I'm still not able to discuss it, but um, you know he he will not be playing today, and and uh, uh, you know let's. We just have to go with the guys that we have. It's good to get Squally back and get to get KJ back and consistent compared to you know what we've had all year with him. And um, we're looking forward to seeing those guys perform. And a couple of guys who've been out, uh, Tanner Baldry and Talon Shumway, could be ready to get back in today. Yeah, and um, you know I, th- I think uh, we had those guys practice and uh, Bohaj practiced also. So um, it's just a matter of, of seeing how it feels before the game and uh, making game time decisions. Who would your backup be right now today? Um, a quarterback? A quarterback, uh, yeah. Probably a combination of Joe and Bo, so we'll have to see what, what happens. I mean, that's, uh, I think with our preparation, things that we're trying to uh, get done, it all depends on what Ty wants to do. But I, I think there's a good chance you might see uh, Bo a little bit in there. So Bo's cleared then? Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll have to see how it looks today, you know. Yeah. So I'm, uh, he was cleared to practice uh, uh, earlier, a few days ago, and, and um you know, our main concern is his health, first of all, and then if he's he's good to go and there's no problems and we can't make it uh, worse, and so we'll see what happens. He, he, he wants to play, and I know he wants to help the team out, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. On the other side, you lose Troy Warner at corner, and that's tough. Yeah, and, and Troy was really starting to come into his own as a, as a corner and, and uh, started last year as a freshman and this year. Uh, in the sophomore year campaign, I, I, you saw what happened when he got hurt, and they attacked uh, the corners that replaced him. And East Carolina did. And, um, you know, hopefully those guys are up for the task now with with uh, Chris Wilcox and Trey Green. Hopefully they can get it done. But Troy will be missed. Um, but we look forward to getting back uh, soon next year. Okay, what do you think of San Jose State? Well, I mean, they're they're going through some some battles like we are, you know, and they've had some tough games. And so I know they're looking. I know their head coach, and he's a fighter, so he'll have those guys ready. And they're well coached. Um, we'll just see how the matchup goes. But we feel comfortable with our with what our guys can do. We just have to get some momentum and keep our confidence and then uh, take over this game. They're starting a freshman quarterback. He's been out a little bit due to injury, came back against Hawaii. Uh, how does he look to you? Yeah, he made some big plays, and, and uh, he's really confident. He's got good size, good height, big kid. And, and um, 
uh, you know, I, I think he's confident himself in, in, in what what he can do with the skills. So we'll, we played against some really good quarterbacks and some really good young ones. So uh, it'll be no different this week. It's a sunny Saturday afternoon. You're back home after a couple of weeks away, trying to get that uh, get that next win. Uh, hopefully, it turns out for you. It uh, looks great. Hopefully, it feels great by the end of the day. Yeah, our players have worked extremely hard. Our fans are, are hungry for it. So let's get this win. All right, coach. Good luck, and we'll talk to you post game. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is BYU head coach Kalani Satake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our BYU San Jose State preview continues after this break on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! Is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. On the campus of Brigham Young University, as today, the Cougars of BYU welcome the Spartans of San Jose State. 18th meeting in a series. The Spartans lead 10-7, but the Cougars have won seven of the last nine meetings, including four in a row here in Provo. I'm Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons. Engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, and down on the field, former Cougar receiver, return man, and act. Academic All-American, <laughs> Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate will join us later in our pregame coverage. Ben Bagley is our studio host. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy. And our broadcast intern is Michael Shreve. You are tuned in on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We're found around the country on satellite via, via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Locally, we're on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're also heard on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Idaho and Utah and around the globe online at byuradio.org, byucougars.com ksl.com and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU radio app, the KSL radio app or the tune in radio app, however you are joining us today great to have you along, well the BYU offense, yes, has seen some serious struggles this season but some playmakers have emerged and most of them are underclassmen, the leading uh, leading rusher is a freshman, the top four receivers, two freshmen, two sophomores, Tanner Mangum in the O-line are more veteran and most are back next season but clearly the skill position depth was an issue this season and while this year's results have been spotty at best uh, the future does appear to be looking bright at some spots Bushman, Hifo, Simon in particular show promise and while Ula Tolutau will not play today he gives BYU a big back to work with moving ahead and Mark uh, BYU still though probably needs that upgrade on that side of the ball all around the absences of all-time producers Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams have proven so far this season to be too much to overcome. That's right. And they just uh, have really had a hard time filling those slots. And uh, they were terrific and great, but uh, BYU has to pick it up a little bit. But I think the future is today. That's my thought. Uh, You're right that some players are really making some positive gains. And I want to see more of that in this season. That's the thing that we want to be able to do is that there are still these five games left. Bushman uh, is back to kind of his early season form, I think. Kefo really did some nice things last week, and Micah Simon's been pretty solid. But uh, Talon Shumway is a player that uh, comes back into the lineup today. It's going to help him out. So I really like a lot of the players that uh, BYU has. It's just that they need to show up and uh, get with it today. Now, 
Uh, it's interesting that uh, San Jose State gives up 55 runs a game. Opponents run 55 runs a game against them. So today would be a day that you'd like to have a Ula around because uh, K.J. Hall and Squally and uh, I'm hoping Riley Burt uh, are going to have to fill up the, the runs and be able to take advantage of that weak run defense. Now, 55 runs is twice what BYU normally runs in a football game. BYU ran 72 plays last week, which was their second high, the only time higher, 75 against Utah State. So I do think that if if they're going to have the chance to go out there and take charge of this game, the run game is going to be important, but they are going to have to make the big play through the, air, through the air. So today, I think, is a confidence builder. Get a win and get better prepared for the remainder of that season. All right, more of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 per month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. BYU Football. 25-20, path into the end zone, 10-5, and touchdown! This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, where uh, two months and two days ago, the Cougars earned their only win of this 2017 season and against a still winless FCS team in Portland State. That, by the way, surprises me. Yeah, I thought they I'll had say, something going, yeah. and they have not won a game I this year. Surprised. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, to this point, it has been a, a season to forget that has forced us to remember some of the, uh, well, worst seasons in BYU football. The Cougars currently on a seven-game losing streak, their longest since 1968. Now, BYU's last eight-game skid, Paris the Thought, came in 1955. And I hope to never, after today, mention that particular note ever again. Now, I've used the phrase perfect storm to describe some of what has tormented the BYU football program this season. NFL talent loss combined with inexperience at too many important spots, combined with a stern first-half schedule, combined with so many injuries. Sophomore corner Troy Warner, the latest to be lost for what's expected to be the season. Mark, the only personnel luck BYU's had this season has been bad. Numerous absences by key players have made it really tough to feel like a corner ever got turned this year. Boy, I know, and... uh... You know, just looking around that corner, you don't see the same people. You're right. The rotation of new players has really led to a a different look each week for BYU. And because of that, it's been hard to see any noticeable improvement. I I think that's the most uh, difficult thing is that uh, BYU has not been able to have a consistent number of players available. You keep putting in a new guy, and you're hoping the new guy is going to step up and do something and surprise everybody. But still... That's the troubling problem. Scoring points is the biggest challenge that BYU faces, and it's just too hard to be able to finish drives with TDs. You know, I, I think in last week's game, it was just really brought out to, to, to in the forefront when they got inside the five-yard line two times and were not able to get touchdowns. So uh, I, I think that uh, if you get points on the board, that's the number one place to look to see if BYU is going to get better. Then the team is going to also get better. BYU has 11 touchdowns on the season. That's 11 touchdowns in eight games. 
It was a game I think you and Paul James called back in the day where BYU scored 12 touchdowns in a game. The 83-7 win over UTEP. BYU hit the end zone 12 times that day, and BYU's found the end zone 11 times this season. <coughs> times they have changed. Uh, time for a break as we head to this brief break. It's time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rule scenario. Third and five at the attacking team's 40-yard line. The quarterback drops back in the pocket to pass. Under a heavy rush, he throws a lateral to a teammate who then carries the ball outside the tackle box. About to be tackled, the RB now, the running back, throws the ball away with a forward pass that crosses the neutral zone. Is this or is this not intentional grounding? The answer coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show continues from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and San Jose State. The Cougs 1-7, Spartans 1-7, BYU's lost seven in a row, tied for the nation's longest current losing streak. San Jose State's dropped six in a row. That's tied for the fourth longest current streak. Time to get the answer in today's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And here's today's football rules scenario. Third and five at the attacking team's 40-yard line. The quarterback drops back in the pocket to pass. Under a heavy rush, he throws a lateral to a teammate who then carries the ball outside the tackle box. About to be tackled, the running back throws the ball away with a forward pass that crosses the neutral zone. Is this or is this not intentional grounding? And the ruling is it is a foul for intentional grounding. The thrower was indeed outside the tackle box, and while being outside the tackle box allows for a legal throwaway, the tackle box rule exception applies only to the player who controls the snap. Loss of down at the spot of the foul, fourth and ten at the 35-yard line. And that's You Be the Judge, presented by Legally Mine. Well, if nothing else, this season's allowed the BYU fans, I hope, to, to better appreciate the last 12 seasons, none of which <laughs> included a losing campaign, yeah. and all of which ended with a bowl game. BYU found itself in really exclusive company with 12 straight bowl appearances, and the number of wins itself was an impressive total, even if it wasn't always readily acknowledged by some supporters. Now, the Independence era brought more P5 opponents and a more challenging slate of games on the whole, a change in the coaching staffs presented new and unique challenges, which have been exacerbated in this difficult season. And Mark, while almost every program suffers a down season every so often, I mean, look at you know what happens, what's happened to Baylor. They've gone off the cliff, and Florida yeah. State's a mess right now. And look where they were just two years ago. Recruits, yeah. uh, fans, TV networks, everybody wants to see BYU show progress soon, and just kind of ensure everybody that uh, you know brighter days are ahead. Yeah, that's the truth. And uh, uh, usually, when you have a new coaching staff come in and to a school, you think that maybe they're second year they're more comfortable they're more familiar with your talent and you think that's where you're going to have your best chance to to have a better season phil Steele, even at the start of this year kind of anticipated that byu might be in consideration for a new year's day bowl because they had that really tough schedule at the start of this season and if byu is able to show up in those games they might have had that opportunity so they had the schedule set up with those good teams if you go out and beat them you're going to have an opportunity to get attention but the second of this season the second half of this season is winnable and I agree that positive results are needed now. You have to get them now. My example I'm going to use, and you pointed it out to me, was Michigan State, who two years ago were 12-1, and one, played in a New Year's Day Bowl, and then last year they were 3-9 and nine and uh, were a victim of BYU in last season. And right now they're 6-1 and one and uh, kind of cruising in the east half of the Big Ten. They still haven't faced Ohio State or uh, Penn State, but still 
that's a terrific turnaround. Those kind of examples are where you want to see that BYU is having this tough year, but next year is still going to have that possibility of a good season. BYU can get back to playing good football, but I can say today is the day you want to have that opportunity to get it done. So uh, it's time to... It's just time to face it, that every time you pull on that game jersey over your head, you're committed to go out there to win. Coming up, Nate Mickle at field level. As our pregame coverage of BYU and San Jose State continues, this is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis catch, 10-5! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar fans, post your favorite fan picks from today's game with the hashtag LesOlsonIT for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card after every home game from Les Olson. So today, from today's game fans, post your favorite fan pick from today. Use the hashtag LesOlsonIT. That's L-E-S-O-L-S-O-N. LesOlsonIT. And you can win a $100 Amazon gift card. Let's bring in Nate Nickel now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And Nate, as our special teams specialist, you get to talk about BYU's place-kicking game, which has been just okay for a while now. The accuracy percentage has been there, but the true scoring potential at the position has not been there. BYU's not made a field goal of 40 yards or longer in more than a year. BYU hasn't made a field goal of 50 yards or longer in more than 11 years. Meantime, San Jose State's kicker, he has four field goals of 50-plus yards in the last five games. And these aren't just trivial stats because these are points that other teams score and BYU does not and cannot count on having, Nate. Yeah, offensively, you know, you don't really care too much if you don't have a kicker most of the time because you just want to go for it on fourth down anyway. But there are times when you need that kicker. Sometimes you think, you know, there's got to be a soccer player on campus that could kick it that far. BYU's probably Madison looking for Lions. Hey, there you go. Matty Lyons, bring her in. Uh, <laughs> Skyler Southam, he's a guy, though, coming up that uh, may be able to get some of these 40 and 50 yarders soon. What's amazing is Bryce Croft from San Jose State, though. He is four, uh, he's, he's made four 50-yarders in the last in month. Five games, right? His only misses are outside 50 yards, and the funny thing is he misses PATs more than he misses field goals. All right, kickoff is coming up. After this, we'll get Mark's Ken Garf keys to the game, the coin toss, and the kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.